Hello and welcome to the first of seven podcasts we're doing daily coverage of the Kentucky Downs meet in 2022. These shows are brought to you by our friends over at BetMakers who have brought fixed odds wagering to New Jersey and where the price you bet is the price you get. Early returns, fantastic, with 70% of winners paying more on fixed odds than they are on the tote. You'll be hearing a lot more about fixed odds wagering. BetMakers are sponsoring one of the days at Kentucky Downs, uh, working with the international rights, very involved, helping the morning line, lots of stuff. And we'll talk about them more on these shows as well and get some BetMakers representation here. But uh, right now, we're here to talk about this opening day at Kentucky Downs. I'm your host, Peter Thomas Fornital. Wish I could get down to Kentucky Downs this meet. Probably not going to make it this year. Right now, coming to you from the little house on the east side in Saratoga. But this first guest I'm going to introduce, I think, is is a semi-regular, at least, at Kentucky Downs. And I know it's a race meet he looks forward to all year long. And he's done a great job on these airwaves talking about it in the past. He's Jack Jenkins. Jack, what's up, man? Good morning, Pete. Always look forward to Kentucky Downs starting. Will you get down there much? Yeah, I'm going to try to attend a couple of days. Excellent, excellent. Is it a good experience live, or, or, or are you in some ways just as happy playing at Simul? Oh, it's a good experience. There's a there's a few different ways to enjoy it. Um, you know, you can you can buy a pass to the tents down by the finish line, and you know, be down there by the paddock, or you can uh, tailgate at the quarter pole, which is a which is a good you know, fun time, set up some cornhole boards and uh, <laughs> do a little grilling or whatever. And it's really fun. Plenty of time between races, right? So yeah, you can get that. Yeah. Going. You're not going to get the green egg out there though. That That's yeah. going to be, that's too much of a commitment, no. I think. <laughs> Our next guest was also, as was Jack recently in Saratoga, you know, the fantastic work he's done over at InTheMoneyPodcast.com. You've seen his name on many horse player happy hour leaderboards. Always a pleasure to speak with Michael Domable. Michael, what's going on? Good to be here, Pete. Excited that Kentucky Downs is helping us bridge the gap between the boutique meets of Saratoga and uh, and Delmar all the way to the to the Breeders' Cup. It really makes it so there's no no lag in the in the action for sure. It's a great point, and you will be covering. Kentucky Downs in a couple of different ways for us over at InTheMoneyPodcast.com. Tell folks about that. Yeah, so I'll be hopping on some of these podcasts with with you guys. Uh, also be sending out little daily write-up to the Plus subscribers on kind of what's going on uh, for that specific day in terms of you know favorites we might be able to beat. Maybe a horse that's morning line is, is not what you're going to expect to see. So kind of some nuggets like that. And then uh, a couple of uh, spot plays as well for the on the on the site to to give out. Hopefully, some winners like we did last year. Good stuff in the moneypodcast.com. You can find the free stuff, and then plus, if you're interested in learning more about that, you can check out in the moneypodcast.com slash plus. You mentioned spot plays. Let's start there, Jack. I believe you said you had something a little bit earlier in the card, mainly in the show. We're going to focus on the late pick five for lead time, if nothing else. It's not that the early part of the card isn't interesting. So wanted to give you both a chance to chime in a little bit. Jack, we'll, we'll start with you. Where, where do you want to begin to mark our cards for Kentucky Downs opening day? Well, in the first race, I'll just mention one uh, really quick. Uh, the number two, you know, for um, for Chris Davis. This horse uh, debuted at Indy, and that race was taken off the turf. 
And this filly being by more than ready out of a war champ mare, just bred top and bottom for, for turf. Um, she's, you know, she's just not really bred at all for dirt. So I think she's going to offer a lot of value a uh, second time out in the opener, you know, some bigger names, uh, connections will take a lot of money there. You know, Brendan Walsh, Steve Asmussen and others have, have runners in here, you know, West Ward uh, has two drawn on the outside that look awful tough, but maybe we can see, uh, sneak the two into the trifecta in the opener. I like it. I like it. What else you got uh, on the undercard that you were interested in talking about? Well, we'll uh, go down to the fifth. Uh, we have the number eight for Eddie Keneally. This, um, as soon as I get there, this runner is coming off of a, a layoff, hasn't ran since a stake at Keeneland in April. I faced really good company. Eddie Keneally's Kentucky Downs. Uh, stats are really good. Huge ROI for that barn. This horse well drawn on the outside with Bayerano and could be closing late. When the Kentucky uh, Kentucky Downs meet opens, the rail is usually, you know, to the far outside settings. And I've seen in years past that closers can do, outside closers can do really well in some of these races. I, I, I like this horse to be closing out the down the outside with Bayerano. You mentioned run. you mentioned the success Keneally's had. That was one of the trainers Mike Maloney highlighted in the evergreen show that we did, the Kentucky Downs meet preview. So that's definitely one, another show folks should check out when they have some time. Michael, did you have anything you wanted to nominate quickly in the first five races? Yeah, I think we can, I'll, I'll underline a little bit what, what Jack was saying on risky reward. Uh, I think, Kentucky Downs is is one of those meets like like Mike Maloney mentioned on the show earlier in the week where where connections matter even that extra amount and having the a barn like Keneally who's proven over this unique configuration that his runners can can get over it um, even if uh, and and this runner in particular has run uh, twice in the money over this over this track as well so she's familiar with it already so I think that one at ten to one on the morning line is a really good play i'll underline jack's point on that and then going one race back in the fourth race which is a maiden special weight uh i was looking at the number three fortune who's 12 to 1 on the morning line for brendan walsh and brendan walsh is too good of a trainer to have the cold streak that he had up in saratoga continue and i think getting to kentucky downs where he's had plenty of success over the past few years um is is going to be uh helpful for his his stock and then uh Written by Vincent Cheminode, who is an unfamiliar jockey to a lot, but a lot of people, but has really been uh, riding well, even in the meet like Keeneland, where he's riding against some of the top riders. So I expect him to to ride well um, at this meet and surprise some people at prices. That makes a lot of sense with the European background and has had success in North America as well. Chemino has. Good stuff from you guys both there. Let's go ahead to the regularly scheduled programming, which kicks off in race number six with the starter allowance for three-year-olds going one mile. And as all the Kentucky races, the Kentucky Downs races are, we're on the turf. Michael, we'll keep it with you. Yeah, I think the two favorites on the morning line represent the, the two most likely winners. Uh, but I actually kind of expect the odds of them to be reversed as they are on the morning line. So number three, national security. I think he's going to be favored, um, and I think he's going to be at under two to one, which is nothing close to them to the four to one morning line that's listed. 
just really obvious on paper, uh, finishing a clear second at this uh, a similar level last time. We've got Brad Cox, Philandru. I do prefer him to the morning line favorite, Wicked Genius, who in the number seven, who goes out for for Mike Maker. Uh, I've almost treated the Churchill Downs turf course from like the spring as its own surface. It's like you've got turf, you've got poly, you've got dirt, and you've got Churchill turf. And so I kind of have that race, although it has the explanation of it being first off the claim for Maker as kind of an anomaly. Um, and so, you know, some horses seem to really like the Churchill turf this spring. Some of them have wallowed over it. So I'm a little bit more lukewarm on on Wicked Genius, especially if he's going to be anything close to that eight to five morning line. My top pick is actually the number nine, Just Call Ray, who will be much more of a playable price and say like a pick and pray contest format that was locking at 305 today over on horseplayers.com that benefits the TA. TAA and TRF in a contest like that, if there happened to be one, um, <laughs> just like just call Ray might be the one that I would put in there. Uh, you know, pace could heat up here. He's got the uh, fastest time form us late pace rating. Um, and then his figures on, he's only run once on the turf, but his figures surrounding that on dirt are kind of pair up with that one turf race and he's improved since in, in, in his figures. So if he can just translate that improved dirt form back over to the turf for a barn who won here last year and, uh, and as good with a dirt to turf move, uh, I think that could be a, a, a winner at a, at a square price. And then the one other horse I'll highlight real quick, um, who's just kind of looks sneaky to me on paper is the number eight. Can't hush this. I haven't really been familiar with this trainer up until following Colonial Downs, where he's been doing really well with limited starters. And he claims uh, claims this horse for himself off of the My Racehorse people and Tom Amos. And the dirt form, kind of those those figures kind of match up with, with what everybody else has been running in here. And it's got enough breeding for turf, not this time as a 16% turf route sire. So I, I would go with one eight nine or the the three eight nine as A's and then the seven as a backup uh, in this race, trying to get a price home with, with respecting the the logical favorite, the number three. I like it, and we appreciate the plug for Horse Players Happy Hour, which will begin in the three o'clock hour today. Head over to horseplayers.com. Just twenty bucks to play, twenty thousand added to the tour pot in the form of two BCBCC and we'll be going back and forth from Kentucky Downs and Saratoga in that three to five window with Matt Bernier and I hosting a live stream as well, which you can find on Breeders' Cup social media or mine uh, at Looms Boldly. Please join us for the show. It's fun to interact with people on that one. A little bit of a different vibe than a lot of our content. Much more much more interactive and fun covering some live races with uh, Matt always. Jack, let's bring you in for your thought on the sixth. Yeah, Michael really stole my thunder there with just call ready. I thought I'd sniffed one out there that no one was on. <laughs> but yeah, I think the three and the seven for Cox and Maker will be the clear favorites. And and like Michael, I don't think there's any chance that the three with Florent and Brad Cox is going to be anywhere near four to one. Time form has the horse loose on the lead. We'll see. I don't know if it's as loose as they think it is, but that horse is going to be, you know, two around two to one range. You know, like I said earlier, if these outside closers um, do kind of have the, you know, the run of the race, you know, with that rail being out, like I've seen in the past there, this nine, he's better than his um, one turf try back in March at Gulfstream. That race was won by a future stake winner, Kiddo Dan. 
And, you know, Corey Landry's just not, just not the, the greatest turf jockey. He, he, he always saves ground, which is great, but this horse was just never uncovered, just evenly in behind horses, you know, during the short Gulf Stream stretch. And he looked like he had some run if he'd ever had any chance, you know, to find the seam. So I'm looking for a better performance today out of Just Call Ray, and this horse could could really be the type that would juice up the late pick five. And looking to back up with the three and seven or leaving them off completely? No, I will probably use all three as A's. That's that's just the way I'll approach it. And I okay. might use the eight as a as the long backup. Um, not this time. It's done really well on the turf. Uh, I happen to notice that this horse has the same exact – breeding as a horse later in the card named next that is a not this time out of an awesome again mare that has done a lot of uh, good running on the turf so you know that trainer seems to be hot only has i think just one career turf win but it's well drawn toward the outside and should be forwardly placed let's talk about race number seven gentlemen we've got an allowance going one mile and you'll hear this a lot too on these kentucky downs shows big field of 12 we start. Why don't we start with next, who appears in this very race, Jack? Is this one you might be looking to keep on sign at a big price, or was that just more of a of a trivia note? That, that the yeah, it was just a little bit of a little bit of a trivia. I think um, I think next is kind of up against it in this spot. Looks to be a lot of speed signed on. Who's your preference? Well, this is a funny written race, you know, for horses that do not have a win on the turf since September 13th of 2021. And if you look at, at turf races in here, there's not a lot to be found. And the number one with a, you know, a great Kentucky Downs jockey and Tyler Gaffleon is just a clear standout. The problem with therapist is that he is drawn the number one. The, the one hole was just such a huge disadvantage uh, the past few years at Kentucky Downs, I think they, I think they won maybe two races combined at all the, the one turn distances last year. But the way this race looks to shape up, therapist should just be able to drop back, pick any spot that that Tyler would like, and then close late. So I don't think his post is going to be that big of an issue with all the speed signed on. Fair point there for sure. Any others you want to come with therapist? Well, the number eight for Mark Cassie is one of those that could get a really good setup if I'm right about this race with all these dirt runners that have dirt speed that are getting on the turf. If they all, if they all bring their dirt speed, they're you know this race, you know it could it could be a little thirsty late. So Cupid Claws, the number eight, uh, could get a really good setup here and should be, I would think, double digit odds. Or close to it, eight to one on the morning line, and those two definitely look like the right closers if this race comes apart late, which it looks like it could. But I love the point you make about the difference in in dirt speed, in particular, getting onto the turf being maybe that much more likely to boil over on a course like Kentucky Downs, where stamina typically comes more into play. Michael, who do you like in race seven? Yeah, I think I think Jack hit it on it. The the decision you kind of have to make right off the bat is, is what do you do with therapist? Because on paper kind of sticks out uh, best kind of closing kick in a race loaded with speed. Uh, but the one, one aside from the rail, the other 
uh, factor that gives me a little pause for pause on uh, therapist is the fact that this is this wasn't always the plan. I don't believe because he was entered in the West Point at Saratoga on Friday, um, and then that race came off, and then rerouting to Kentucky Downs. That seems you never you never, you never know if that is going to play a factor, but uh, that seems like a pretty quick uh, decision that has to be made. Ship the horse down here run over configuration that he's never run over before. It seems like that could be a, th- a thorn in his side at what figures to be a really short price. I actually landed on one of those horses Jack was talking about that has that dirt speed, uh, the number nine running Ray for Joe Sharp. Um, now, I think it is a question of whether he specifically can get can go over the turf or can hold up on the speed, but I just think he fits the conditions of this race well because it's a race that's non-winners of a race over turf in the last year where he's put together uh, a bunch of wins over dirt. So you know he's at least in good good form. And then Joe Sharp also has a flat bet profit in the last five years with a dirt-to-turf move as well as just overall at Kentucky Downs, uh, a positive ROI. So I would use him. And then the other one that could be a little bit of a sucker horse, but I might fall for it anyway, is the number <laughs> seven, uh, a credit. Uh, coming off of a year layoff, uh, after wiring a field um, at the track uh, in, in a stakes race last year, uh, albeit at 36 to one, but you know, it just seems like he could take another step forward from three to four. We, we know he likes the surface. Um, and if he wins at $24, I would feel pretty silly of, of a horse with a last out stakes win over the track, um, getting the money in an allowance event. So those are the two main ones I would use. And then I would back up with therapist just in case, he can't handle all the shipping and, and change of schedule. Very good info there from both of you guys. One, one more horse I would just uh, please uh, real uh, real fast. Pete, uh, number 10, Long Range Toddy for Dallas Stewart and Julian Leperoon, uh draw, drawn outside. This horse you can see that's clearly been pointing for this race. Dallas is working three times on the turf up at Saratoga. So you've got to think they've had this race in mind. And this horse is just – you know, been facing so much better, although on the dirt and sprinting. So, you know, maybe his class will, will, you know, carry him a long way in here. You know, you see names like Jackie's warrior twice. He ran second to prevalence in a stake at Keeneland in the spring. I mean, this horse has been facing some, some really top dirt sprinters. Some very good ideas for race seven. Let's talk race eight. We've got this three and up allowance going six and a half on the turf this time around with the an oversubscribed field. Michael, who's your idea of the winner? Yeah, I think this is another race kind of similar to the first leg of the pick five where the two favorites look like the two most likely winners. Uh, the number eight, Shannon, uh, second time for Brad Cox, close second at this level last time out, well-bred for turf, Florent Uh, But I do prefer the one who's slightly higher on the morning line, number nine, fast as flight, uh, just because I think, uh, Brian Lynch has just got such solid numbers at Kentucky Downs over the last few years. Um, and this one has got a little bit higher time form U.S. speed figures, albeit over the, the the synthetic track. And I always kind of, at these six and a half furlong races uh, at Kentucky Downs, I always kind of prefer the routers to those ones that are stretching out from the five and a half. I think it's a, it's a stamina testing six and a half versus – uh, a lot of those five and a half sprints, whether they're at Keeneland or Ellis or Saratoga, 
Uh, that's more of a, a speed brilliance focus. So I would lean on the nine over the eight when I'm trying to split the favorites, but then uh, just a couple long shots to throw in. Uh, number two, uh, 261. Uh, he's got figures that fit. A, another one that's kind of cutting back from route races to the six and a half distance. Ran okay over this course and distance last year and gets Vincent Cheminot, who I talked about earlier as a jockey. I'm looking forward to to seeing ride over this configuration. Um, and then the other one I, I'll, I'll include as well is the number four, Elegant Joy. Uh, getting double digit prices on Gaffleone and Brendan Walsh is probably not going to happen too often this meet, but it might happen here with this horse. This is only the second time he's or she's running over uh, firm turf. So that and the debut is really solid. Um, so, you know, long price, hoping for improvements, getting back to firm turf, maybe a little stretch out with Kitten's Joy and Distorted Humor on the bottom will help out. So I would say two, four, nine as A's in the in the eight as a backup. Two, four, nine, but eight as a backup there. Getting the impression that if horses with Ray in the name and Chemino have a good day, you're going to probably have a good day, Michael, fair to say? Yeah, that seems like <laughs> as good an angle as any. <laughs> Jack, let's bring you back in for a thought on this one. Yeah, we had we had a differing opinion in this race. You know, this this probably is a you know a very competitive race. I went to the number six, Hey Kitten. This horse, you know, that race last year at Kentucky Downs, the same distance, although this is probably against slightly better. That was a starter allowance. But that horse really quickened up nicely that day. You know, it was coming off of a a brief layoff then it was just a really good performance you know drawn outside that day you know more of a mid-pack draw today but Chris Landeros gets back aboard and I really like to focus on these runners that have a win and have run well in the past at Kentucky Downs I mean his really the ultimate you know horse for course type of track so I'll be focusing on the number six for Rudy Brissett and I would probably also strongly use the number eight for Brad Cox and Florent Giroux. I mean, these connections, you know, they speak for themselves. This horse won in its first, she won in its first turf try, just missed, last out. Looks prime for another good effort today. Well drawn. Good cases for both of those runners. You guys going head to head there in race number eight, but almost surprised we haven't had more going head to head with how competitive these races are. And it doesn't get any easier in the state. The FanDuel Tap It Stakes featured race of the day with 400,000 in the pot for three-year-olds and up, which have not won a sweepstakes in 2022. Jack Jenkins, what do you think is going to happen here? Well, another, you know, this race just sums up Kentucky Downs. I mean, it's just, you know, runners coming from everywhere and, you know, speed closers. It's just a, you know, it's really, really good race. The the number 12 would be my top pick. You know, this, this horse is almost ran in exclusively grade ones over the past, you know, year and a half. And Paulo Lobo, really good turf trainer, does well off the layoffs. And once again, I'm looking for outside runners today. So this this horse would definitely be my top pick. I would back it up with the number five, Atone. Ran two really good races at, at Saratoga. I think you could make an argument that he was probably best last time. And, you know, two back, he ran into a monster performance where City Man kind of freaked opening, opening week at Saratoga. So I, I think, you know, third off the layoff, he should be 
he should be um, primed for a solid performance today. Jack, sticking with those who are likely to be at the top of the market in there, but with good reason. I, I definitely take those points about uh, the class angles and how well they fit conditions. Michael, are you similar? Or are you reaching for something a little bit farther down the ladder? Yeah, I landed on uh, the number one Ramsey solution. Uh, just a little bit, looking for a little bit of a price in this super competitive race. And this this horse seems to jump up and win you know, at, at solid prices relatively often, he's got an eight to one win on his page. He won it seven to two a couple times. And, uh, you know, it's just cool to see a horse who's run, who's coming the exact in nine out of the 12 times he's raced. Um, and I think he's been facing about the same quality, um, over the past couple of, of, of starts and, and is actually the defending champion, of the race. So he's got that horse for course angle as well. Uh, just seems like a horse that can be tactical enough. Uh, won't get too far back uh, in a race that, you know, there's, there's some speed, but it's not like completely uh, overloaded with, with front end, front end horses. I do think that the number 12 is the horse to beat dropping out of the grade ones. One, uh, won a race over this course last year. Um, the only thing that I found a little curious about the 12 in love was that I believe that this, the purse of this race is 400,000, but I think only he's only eligible for 200,000 of it since he's not a, a Kentucky bred. And there were other stakes at this meet that he would have fit pretty well in that have a, a lot higher purse than, than 200,000. So, um, I was a little curious that they, they're picking this spot. It could be just to get a confidence builder heading back towards, towards Keeneland in the Breeders' Cup for him, but. That was one thing that I, I don't know if I want to read too much into it. I think he's still an A on my on my pick five ticket, but hes, hesitant to put him on top just because of that. Um, and then the long shot I'll throw in is the number ten Skyro. Uh, just just more of a, a of a nod to how well Brian Lynch is is has done at this the Kentucky Downs meet in the past, and his figures uh, two and four back both over the turf are are competitive with these, albeit at a little bit lower of a class class rung. But Brian Lynch is is thirty one percent with a three fifty four ROI at Kentucky Downs over the last five years. So uh, a, a price horse with figures that fit, even if it is has been at a little bit lower class, um, is enough for me to include as as a backup on my tickets. Longtime listeners know that, that this is how I like to use trainer stats or most stats and things that are softer and don't have to do with how the horses match up on paper in a race that looks competitive. If you want to throw one in at a price, that's a, that's a great way to do it. And you, you make a good point too about the figures not being, you know, it's not some absurd stab. Well, the, the horse makes sense uh, when you look at it through the lens of the connections. Let's go to our nightcap race number 10, where we've got these three and up maiden special weights with 150,000 in the pot going a mile. Jack, if we're playing this late pick five, how are we going to get paid? I like a value play in the last, the same connection as Michael mentioned the race before, Safi Joseph and Edgar Zayas, uh, the number seven, uh, coming out of a, a poly race at Gulfstream, only five furlongs, was well clear for, you know, for place, first time out, looks to, looks prime to come back and, and uh, maybe break its maiden today. Nice workout at Palmetto's, second out of 58, so 46 and four. So should should show a bit more speed, maybe. Well drawn. So I just like I like Safi second time out much more than first time out. 
his uh, stats really bump up second time out. So I think that is the the horse I'll be focusing on in the last. Axthelm, what a great name. Clearly named after the legendary sports writer, turf writer, and a guy who was pretty much best friends with my uh, friend and mentor, the late Harvey Pack. So we appreciate appreciate the name on number seven as well as the points that you make. Any to come with, Jack, or is it all about Axthelm in the last for you? I think, you know, I was just trying to point out a value play. I, you know, obviously you need to use the number eight for Mike Maker, four to one. Show show speed, uh, you know, first time out. This is a four-year-old facing a lot of three-year-olds, so might have a slight edge there. You know Ricardo Santana is going to be forwardly placed. And you get a Chad Brown runner in the number three, the favorite, you know, with Gaffley on. Chad Brown's never been one to really send much to Kentucky Downs. It looks like he has a little bit more of a Kentucky presence this, this summer, so – you know, you have to use him in turf races. Only logical. And his numbers with limited starters are quite good. Seven, right. eight, and three for Jack to close things out. Michael, how do you see it? Yeah, I think um, the number three is going to be pretty tough in this spot. I mean, you got to use, like like Jack said, you got to use him. His figures kind of, up until the last race where he had a little bit of trouble, his figures really towered over the rest of these in this field, and he's got some tactical speed. It's interesting that over the last five years, Chad's only had eight runners at Kentucky Downs, and only one of them came in a in a maiden race. Uh, most of them have been in stakes races. So I think now the purses, what is this one? At 150000 the purses are a little bit too rich for him to leave them up in, in Saratoga. Where th- those aren't anything to scoff at either, but you know, another forty k in the pot for him to, to try to take down isn't too, isn't too shabby. Um, I do prefer him to, to Mint, um, who's actually a half to authentic. I thought that... Um, you know, being a half to authentic, you, you maybe want to try him on the dirt one more time before you, you switch to turf. All the, there is a little turf pedigree in there, but um, I'll, I'll let Mint beat me in the last. I would be feel pretty comfortable if I was alive to the three and 11 uh, as my A's. Um, the number 11 Blue Devil uh, ran a really, really solid race last time out. Fast pace and the horse he was dueling with ended up finishing ninth. So although he lost at uh, what's 71 cents on the dollar, the penny breakage coming through there at, at Ellis Park. Um, he did run a really a solid race, and he's got speed. And and like I said, the Hiles Barn has has won at this meet before. So the three and eleven, I would feel comfortable with if I've got if I'm alive to those two. Um, if all of my opinions have been right so far in the in the pick five, the two backups I would want are the number seven Axtelm that that Jack mentioned. Um, in addition to all the great points he made, he's also a half to a Grade Two winner, Sky Treasure. Won the NASA up at um, up at uh, uh, Woodvine a few years ago, so you know he's got some sneaky improvement second time out. And the and the last one I would use is the number twelve Levitt. He comes out of the same race that Blue Devil uh, ran in at Ellis, but uh, he's got a little bit more upside being just his third career start and is well bred as a half to to Grade Three winner uh, flippant. Uh, so and, and and Vicky Oliver and the and G Watts Humphrey those those team up a lot. Uh, Kentucky Downs in, in the Kentucky area and are pretty potent connections. So, uh, three eleven is A's and the seven is twelve. Seven twelve is backups to try to close this thing out. Guys, just terrific information all throughout this show. I predict we will be reconvening this panel for one of the other days of the Kentucky Downs meet. As long as you guys are cool with one of the ethos of our company, no good deed goes unpunished. Jack, Michael, thank you so much. No problem, Pete.
Thanks, Pete. Cheers, guys. All right, there you have it. Our show for the first day of Kentucky Downs. Lots more going to be on the website and the network in the moneypodcast.com to catch Michael's written analysis every day. Sign up for in the moneypodcast.com slash plus to get extra info as well as digest of the picks from all the Kentucky shows, Kentucky Downs shows. We're going to be doing all meet long. We'll be covering Saturday in a segment on our late week show. We've got uh, still working on the f- to finalize the, the guest list on that one. But uh, over the course of the weekend, we definitely want to have Brian Klatsky back on. He's running a bunch of horses at Kentucky Downs. We're going to have Matt Fagvolge. He'll be talking some more stats. And then sounds like on Sunday, we're going to get Pat Cummings, who's helping make the morning line with our friends at BetMakers, as well as Larry Colmas to talk about the unique challenges of calling races at Kentucky Downs, as well as give his thoughts on the card. So keep it here in the moneypodcast.com. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We really appreciate your support. This show's been a production of In The Money Media. Our business manager is Drew Coatney. Our chief creative officer is Jonathan Kinchin. I'm Peter Thomas Fornatel. May you win all your photos.